Assalamu alaikum everyone and welcome to In Violence, a podcast where we explore how faith and health, both physical and mental, intertwine in our daily lives and how we can finally find balance as Muslims. Welcome to a new episode. I hope you're all well, inshallah, and excited about this one, which is all about finding wellness through food. And for this, I wanted to be joined by the lovely Ashia, who is a nutritional therapist and the founder of Tayyib Wellness. Um, I discovered her account on Instagram, I think, three years ago, maybe, and I thought it was such a wonderful resource for Muslims looking to learn about health and wellness. And you guys might have seen that from the Qur'an and Sunnah-inspired recipes I share on Instagram or the advice I've been giving in my YouTube videos, but I absolutely love anything related to natural and prophetic medicine and nutrition. And I actually started by studying medicine after graduating high school, which <laughs> was over 10 years ago now. <laughs> but... um Although Allah chose a different path for me, I never lost interest in it. However, my relationship with food specifically wasn't always the best. Um, I'm getting personal here, but there were times where I saw it as a way to momentarily escape from my problems and to comfort me, and not so much to nourish and take care of my body. And I, I also always associated the things I loved, namely chocolate and pastries with guilt and me being curvy so not really in the right place to enjoy them but I would say my health journey started in 2018 when I moved to Copenhagen for my studies. It was the first time I was living home, my family um, and I thought it would be a good opportunity for me to learn to cook um, healthy but still fun and delicious meals on a tight budget and I was also surrounded by a few friends who truly loved fitness yet knew how to indulge from time to time and that was new to me they were so balanced in the actual definition of balance <laughs> that it really inspired me to give it a shot and a few years later uh my health condition and my dad passing away from gut cancer made food an even more important matter to me, especially from an Islamic perspective. So I decided to start making some research and I was so pleasantly surprised to see how taking care of your body and in enjoying the good food Allah created for us was an actual act of worship. And, you know, from miracle foods like black seeds and honey to, to the importance of fasting, not only during the month of Ramadan, but also during, like, on Mondays and Thursdays and on the white days, and the importance of eating mindfully, Islam truly celebrates nutrition and health. So it only made sense to dedicate an episode to it. 
So today, you'll first hear Ashia explain how she got into nutritional therapy and what it is about. Then we share our health journeys and the impact it had on our faith, the importance of discipline, but still being kind to yourself when setting new habits, and finally, some tips to build yourself a balanced eating routine. As usual, you'll find all the links needed in the podcast description, including my body scan workbook, which is a method I came up with that you guys loved on Instagram, to simply do a health and hygiene check on your body. And it is also a simple way for you to support my work if you would like that. <laughs> and after this very lengthy introduction... I suggest we get into the episode. You'll see that the beginning doesn't start with us saying assalamu alaikum because it got cut off for some reason. But other than that, I hope you will enjoy it, inshallah. I've been following you for such a long time. I think I told you this the first time we talked, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, alhamdulillah. I'm so glad that we've connected and thank you so much for having me. I feel like really honored to be here speaking with you. Of course, I'm I'm honored as well. I've been following your work for years now since like I'm I think probably since the beginning of my account because I remember I've always been really interested in nutrition and having a healthier and balanced lifestyle and I was looking for Muslims doing a similar work and like even more so people that made this their job and when I found your account I was just so impressed I love your approach to everything I love your content and so thank you so much for joining and accepting to do this episode together thank you that's so kind so I suggest we start with a little introduction maybe you can tell us a little bit about your job as a nutritional therapist like how you got into it the difference with being a nutritionist if there's any anything that would allow us to better understand what you do in your daily life yes yeah, so I am a nutritional therapist um, I work one-on-one -on -one with clients from all over the world we discuss symptoms and areas that people want to improve their health on and I focus on um, nutrition and lifestyle changes that people can incorporate to make long-term sustainable and enjoyable health changes um, so that they can improve their daily lives, their day-to-day -day lives and feel more confident about the choices and decisions that they make around nutrition and healthy lifestyle practices as well. Um, so I, I graduated, the way I got into nutritional therapy was quite um, unexpected, I think, yeah, because I, I graduated from university in 2013 with a degree in, in uh, politics and international relations. And my first like proper job was for a non-profit organization. And I was helping doing um, research on institutional Islamophobia in the UK, France and Germany. And the research work was amazing and of course immensely critical but it was also quite depressing for me to say the least um and I have always been interested in wellness and health and so I just decided to make a switch and do something that was perhaps a little more positive and I wanted to work with people more directly in improving their lives um I think that's something 
that I definitely always wanted to do to work um, more closely with people to um, help them, help people, you know. So alhamdulillah, I found the College of Naturopathic Medicine, which is in King's Cross in London. And I studied there for three years and I got my diploma in nutritional therapy in 2021. And here I am. Yeah. So um, in answer to your question about the difference between a nutritionist and a nutritional therapist, I think the course content and the qualifications are different for a nutritionist. But yeah, I don't know much about the specifics. Um, Would you say maybe one thing, I'm not sure, it's just like uh, a question, honestly, but would you say maybe in your job you have a more holistic approach of health, whereas maybe a nutritionist would be very focused on nutrition only? Yeah, I think so. That's a good point. Yeah, I think there are more holistic therapies that I am open to incorporating in my practice, like herbal aspects of herbal medicine, acupuncture, um ayurvedic practices and hijama things like that are certainly areas of holistic practices and therapies that i do incorporate in my practice whereas perhaps nutritionists are a bit more they, they have more rigidity in what they can and can mm. and yeah and i feel like that would make sense and i think that's also why That's what I got from your account anyway, but that's also why I really wanted to have this chat with you is because personally, I feel like, and this is something we're going to discuss discuss during the, the episode, I really feel like your nutrition and how you treat your body is undeniably going to have an impact on your mental health and on your faith. So, I mean, obviously not all nutritional therapists are Muslim, so <laughs> the approach would be probably different. <laughs> But I, I did feel like from your account that that was something that was very present and uh, something that is not that common, I would say. I don't know, like, would you say you have a lot of colleagues that are doing the same um, thing or? I So when I was studying nutritional therapy, there definitely weren't many Muslims at all. It is a very much non, a very secular space. Um, but there were a handful of Muslims I did meet on the course, alhamdulillah, and I did notice that they had that faith connection, that health, just that understanding that health is from Allah, improving one's health is by the permission of Allah. Um, and when we do uh, struggle with our health, it is a test from Allah as well. Um, and I think that piece is definitely missing from the more secular health and wellness spaces where there's this false notion that if you um, do experience any health issues, it's probably because you're doing something wrong or you're not doing enough of this. And even that in and of itself is a little, you know, depoliticizing because there are so many environmental factors that contribute to health issues beyond what we ourselves do if that makes sense i think one one thing that um really personally pushed me towards getting interested in, in health and nutrition was first of all seeing it become so popular on social media obviously i feel i feel like it it 
like a lot of people are getting way more interested in this aspect. Although I feel like it's mostly non-Muslim still. Like you see more and more Muslims sharing their fitness journey and everything. But what really pushed me towards this was being diagnosed with PCOS and more recently with endometriosis. And at first I was like, maybe it's my fault. Maybe I did something to get me there. But it, there are diseases that are so common that then you're like, Allah is the one choosing you to get through this. Uh, having any sort of sickness can be a, a hardship in itself. Some people are dealing with it fine. And I think that shows a lot of faith. And others... <laughs> like myself at first and maybe that will surprise a few people I was like why is this happening to me I already have so much going on and subhanAllah I found a lot of comfort in getting interested in health and nutrition and you never regret taking care of your body and you never regret like eating good food and and going to the gym and everything but more so you realize how many blessings Allah put in those things and how how it's part of the, the the daily life as a Muslim. Um, one question that I have is, is it something you connect with Islam in your daily job? And like the fact that being active is part of the lifestyle of Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, or that Allah gave us so many good and nutritious, nutritious foods. Yeah. So the vast majority of my, of, of my clients and the women that I work with are Muslim. And there are certain things that I guess we share some sort of understanding on, especially when it comes to prophetic, the prophetic traditions and prophetic recommendations. So, for example, one thing that I have intentionally started to incorporate more into my clients' protocols is the use of flaxseed oil because the Prophet said that it is the cure for everything except death. And what what more explanation do we need, you know? Um, so, yeah, there is definitely um, a lot of... That's definitely one aspect of black seed oil. And another thing that I begin a lot of, a lot of my protocols with is um, in the intention, making sure or advising my clients that let's renew our intention for why we are doing this why we are working on our health and solidify that intention um and also asking Allah for success in that health journey um I think those are the two I would say the two main ways that I incorporate Islamic principles into my protocol and from your experiences with your clients without getting into much detail for privacy reasons but do you feel like this approach or even just like from the start when you get into the like the um, the process of healing with your clients do you feel like those nutrition nutrition or gut health problems have impacted their mental health like is that something they told you about um mental health is very general obviously there will be an like other de episodes dedicated to uh specific aspects of mental health but i guess when we talk about nutrition the first things that come to mind are um body image anorexia things like this like, could you tell us a little bit about this? Yeah, so 
Nutritional deficiencies do certainly have a negative impact on mental health and emotional well-being through the gut-brain axis and through ad the adrenal function. Um, the adrenal gland is the gland that produces stress hormones and so there's if there are certain nutrition nutritional deficiencies then that does impact our ability to cope with stress and our mood and how and how much anxiety we feel and how we sleep and then it just has like a sort of domino effect I guess um yeah vicious vicious circle yes exactly and then there is from the gut perspective there there is the microbiome composition that aspect that is very important so the balance between good and bad bacteria which affects neurotransmitter production and the feel feel good chemicals and this is a huge area of research that I'm I am not fully versed on but I am working on a gut health course and it is something that I am researching more deeply um but yes there is a deep deep connection with how we feel the our nutrient status our mineral status our blood sugar balance our hormonal imbalances there's it's such there is such a huge connection um and yeah that is something that definitely i see the changes in my clients definitely it just depends on the different personalities so for example if someone is very overwhelmed they will find it difficult to implement certain things and that's why it always go it always goes back to the intention and asking oneself like why why are we doing xyz who is it for how how do we want to feel from making this making these decisions and then there are some people who are extremely disciplined and motivated and they are really good at implementing the protocols and the recommendations that I give them and they see a massive difference in their energy levels and the way they feel not just um physically but emotionally how they feel about themselves um so yeah every every person is so different and it just depends on that relationship with each person yeah that mean that makes complete sense and you you mentioned hormonal imbalances and how food can obviously impact that and from a personal experience again because obviously when you have PCOS you you do have a hormonal imbalance and this is something like what you just said is something I completely relate to and I've seen the difference and I still see the difference where when I I do not eat as healthily or when I don't exercise as much my mood is always impacted and it does come out as a lot of fatigue a lot of stress but also a kind of a like a, it, it does have an impact on my mental health as in I don't feel good about myself I don't like being lazy I I don't like the way I feel in my body and subhanallah you know those things are not something you should feel as a Muslim because we like that's the one thing we we first talked about when we 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 got to do our first chat together was that your body is an emana from Allah and it is so precious but that is something that it took me so long to realize because that's not really talked about right like a lot of people do not realize that 
your body is a gift that you need to take care of. And one thing that I remember you saying the first time we talked and that really that I really kept in mind and kind of helped me afterwards in my nutrition journey was that you said uh, supplements are great and you mentioned them again like there are things that are good for your health and that um you like you you need but then Allah has designed certain foods in a way that cannot be replaced and copied just like for example black seed oil or black seeds in general and I love how when you talk about all of this, you have this huge puzzle of like faith and like so like um, your heart and then your gut and then your brain and everything comes together and you're like, okay, this is the approach that I should have. I love that ultimately when we say that um, Islam is a religion that is about balance and is about being right in the middle, it applies to everything, including that aspects yeah no definitely I to be honest it took me a very long time to get to that approach as well like earlier when you asked me whether I had dealt with some health issue myself to get to nutritional therapy to, for me it was the complete opposite I was always interested in health and I always took steps to take care of my health and then I had this unexpected health issue come up for me in 2022 and it really rattled me um, because there is this false notion that we do things for our health to reach a state of almost perfect health, but that will never be the case. It is not the name of this world. We will always be tested with our health physically, mentally, emotionally. And I've realized that my goal for myself is just to always support my health in the best way possible. And by and by the permission of Allah that I will have health. And by by with the permission of Allah, I will or I won't be able to deal with whatever test comes my way. But yeah, my, my health, even with my own health, it has been very up and down in the last few years. And it was very unexpected. And like you mentioned for yourself, I had these lingering thoughts of like, what am I doing wrong? Why isn't what I am doing enough? I need to try this supplement that protocol, this herb, that probiotic, this juice cleanse, whatever it was, it was just never ending. And it got to, it got to a point where my self-esteem went really, felt really, was at its lowest as well. I had people say to me, oh, but you're so healthy. Why are you going through all of this? And it made me feel utterly awful about myself because my whole identity was wrapped up in health and wellness. And, you know, in a lot of cases, obviously not all cases, but in a lot of cases, people struggle with their health because they might not take care of their health or they don't know how to take care of their health. But with me, I always felt like I did do everything I can to look after my health. And, you know, it sounds silly, but I honestly felt like a fraud and my felt like my identity was shattered. But yes, over time, with a lot of praying and introspection, talking through things with my husband and my family, I realized that, well, of course, this is just a test from Allah. I put so much reliance on all the foods, the supplements, the holistic therapies to make me feel better. But I had lost sight of Allah's plan for me. And it sounds very obvious now in hindsight, but I guess I just <laughs> needed to be reminded. But yeah, like I, like I mentioned, you know, all of 
these things are still important. All of these functional tests and holistic therapies, they have saved my health in many, many ways. But ultimately, I just learned that I cannot be surprised or feel frustrated or angry if Allah does choose to test me with my health. Thank you for being so honest and transparent, especially in this space. I mean, when it comes to social media, we're exposed to so many health gurus and everyone who seem to have it together. And it's funny, for you, it was nutrition and, and health. Uh, for me, it has been religion of having that, like, oh, I'm such a fraud. Like, people have this vision of me and think that I have it together when it's it's really not the case. Um, and it always feels nice to know that even those that you take as examples do not have control over everything because the only one who does is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I think it's always a good reminder, especially because health is the one thing I feel like everyone doesn't want to get impacted. You know, like I remember when I I heard that my dad had cancer, it felt so heavy because it was like my dad had never been sick in his whole life and now he's sick and he has cancer and it's and you hear this also from super healthy people like people that were working out and were eating very balanced not just like vegetables and fruits but actually balanced in a way like you know that 80 20 rule <laughs> people that seemed very balanced still got health issues and that's where you realize that okay i cannot be in control of everything including my body but even when that happens we're human so we might be asking questions we might get really sad and and be like this is not fair i'm going through this i'm going through that and and i and now i have health issues but there are also blessings in having some health issues right because there are a way to expect our sins or a way to purify ourselves and uh especially actually when it comes to gut health subhanallah uh people who die from gut issues Obviously, we pray everyone here doesn't face that, obviously. But if you die from a gut health issue, you will be considered as a, a mother and, and going to Jannah. And I, I love how when you think about this, it's like because your gut and your heart and your mind are so, are in your brain are so connected, then Allah is going to be fair. And he knows how having a gut condition can be really hard to go through. So um, I love that this conversation is allowing us to see that, generally speaking, that's something I always say, is that Islam is not just a religion, it's a way of life. And um, you see that through this approach of nutrition with your body being a responsibility, your health being something that Allah entrusted us with. Um, and even I remember one thing you said was that intentions are incredibly important, including in this. Um, is that something you feel like you still apply personally in your daily life? Like when you are going to have a meal or when you're going to the gym, do you feel like you still have those intentions going strong? I try to. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I try to. Hard to forget to make those intentions and... To, but it is important to remind yourself of those intentions, yeah. I definitely think that it makes a huge difference on why we are doing X, Y, Z and our motivations, our discipline in doing all these different things for our health. When we have a clear intention, we are doing things mindfully, eating mindfully, 
sleeping mindfully, exercising mindfully, um, yeah, it definitely impacts how we feel spiritually and physically on a day-to-day. Yeah, and subhanAllah, when you you look at it, um, it, it does imply a lot of discipline. But generally speaking, Islam is a religion of discipline. I, I mean, I th- I feel like everyone would agree with this. It, it requires a lot of self-control, but it is for our own good. Um, when we live in Western countries, sometimes it's it's easy to forget that and feel like, oh, my life would be so much easier if I could just indulge in this and that. But then when you really think about it, things like alcohol, for example, are objectively not good for your health. And it requires the discipline not to get into this. Um, and and I think this is something people might struggle with, like the discipline aspect of it all. But from an Islamic perspective, Allah does reward small steps as well. A health journey can be pretty bumpy and because it requires that discipline, sometimes it feels like going too slow. I know, for example, in my case with PCOS, I gained uh, I gained weight, and because I always I had always struggled with my body image already, struggling to lose that weight felt so like it, it was hard. But then I started to tell myself, "Hey, just it's it's okay to take it slow, even from an Islamic perspective." Is that an advice that you give your your clients as yeah. well? definitely i for the for the clients that might struggle with consistency and discipline i recommend that they focus on one thing every week instead of trying to do all the different things at the same time which can be of course be overwhelming for a lot of people so for example if if you struggle with eating breakfast eating a proper balanced breakfast in the morning Start with a small snack like yogurt and some fruit or a protein smoothie. Just something simple that you can easily put together. And just do that one thing consistently for an entire week or an entire month. And then you can introduce something new. And slowly, slowly you build positive changes in your nutrition and lifestyle over time in a sustainable and enjoyable way. Um... And I think I mentioned this earlier as well, but I just want to reiterate that it's really useful when you ask yourself why, why do you want to improve your health? In what ways do you want to feel better? In an ideal state of health, how would you feel physically? And how would you want to feel physically, externally and emotionally and internally? And when you understand your why, it puts things, it puts things in a lot of perspective um, and it aids you in being consistent and disciplined um, and not restrictive because I don't think restriction is sustainable either. Um, but discipline and consistent, like I think there is, I think there's a hadith on the small but consistent habits. And um, yes, that's something that I definitely encourage in my practice. Yeah, I did try to find the hadith because I remembered you mentioning it the first time. So I have it here. <laughs> I'm going to read it okay. so everyone everyone can find it afterwards and, and keep it in mind. But uh, this hadith was narrated by Aisha radiallahu anha. Uh, and she said that Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, do good deeds properly, sincerely and moderately and know that your deeds will not make you enter paradise and that the most beloved deed to Allah is the most regular and consist and constant even though it were little 
and this is a Sahih al-Bukhari. And uh, I didn't know this hadith. You were the one that made me discover this. And I, I, I mean, every day I say Alhamdulillah for being Muslim and making those little discoveries that bring you so much comfort, especially in a world that makes makes it a point to, you know, trash Islam and make it look like it's nothing but pain and hate and violence uh when you see this you you know i i I made a video about this on my french tiktok and i was saying all the books about personal development and all the coaches that are going to talk about personal development i'm not sure you need them when you make research in islam and you get into the sunnah and and the study of the quran you realize all the lessons and all the all the things that are given to us to take care of our, of ourselves and live a mindful a mindful life subhanallah absolutely and if you think if you imagine that you you are taking steps for your health for the sake of all, that act is rewardable how amazing is that that is beautiful that that shows like um one thing that really motivated me to to start the page was that i was always kind of saddened by the fact people are like have a uh, a difficult relationship with Allah because they see him more as a, a punisher and someone you should fear because other if you don't obey him you're going to hell and I like my relationship with Allah is that I love him so I don't want to disappoint him and I know that most of his qualities are about how much he loves us and how much he loves us like he wants us to take care of ourselves and do things for his sake but not only because uh he's our creator objectively speaking he doesn't need us we're doing this for ourselves because we need that it's like praying you know we are doing we are doing it and us to do it because we need it and i love that when you have those intentions he's like i don't need that but because you thought of me i'm going to reward you for it subhanallah that's um that's beautiful. You mentioned when you start to implement a new habit, it might be difficult, might like you need discipline. Um, so it's okay to take it step by step. That's a topic you mentioned the first time we talked. And I thought that was very interesting. How do you deal with that when you're constantly exposed to social media and the glorification of of nutrition and health? like? I have, what has been your experience, especially as someone who works in that sphere? Uh, because I know personally, um, I think it depends on the content creator. Um, I try to be very mindful with the people I follow, but um, those I follow, I feel like have been motivating me and I'm like, okay, I, I want to to get to that that stage. Um, but then I can understand as well that because everyone seems again to have it together, it, it can be pretty frustrating. How have you been dealing with that? It is frustrating, and if I'm going to be honest, I think I am. I was guilt, guilty of that as well, where I only showed the foods and the activities that were healthful, like the perfect, most aesthetic dinner plate and the homemade desserts, and you know my my shopping haul from. I don't know, Whole Foods or Planet Organic or whatever it is, but it was because this is what I thought people wanted to see. I thought that people wanted to be inspired by all the healthy things and they do, but 
I also learned through conversations and with my own health struggles that people want balance. And ultimately, that's what everything comes down to, just having a middle path and being moderate in everything that we do. Um, and so I started to share those those parts of myself where, for example, I use some skincare products and makeup products that aren't non-toxic. And, you know, not everything that I use is non-toxic. Um, I'm even partial to some candles that you might deem as very toxic to health. Um, and once I started sharing those things about myself, I received so many messages from people saying thank you. Thank you for sharing these things. It makes me feel so much better because I always feel like I'm not doing enough. And it just isn't sustainable for a lot of, a lot of people in this day and age because, you know, all, having a completely organic kitchen, organic foods, um, non-toxic clothes and non-toxic skincare and cleaning products, it can get very expensive. Um, not everyone has that blessing to be able to pay for all of these different things and worrying about finances in and of itself is such a huge stressor for many people especially in current times um and yeah stressing <laughs> over that is of course detrimental to our well-being um so I think I just to be honest I it was through conversations with people on Instagram conversations with people with my own clients where they said Oh, I'm so confused. There's just so much conflicting information online and I don't know what to do. That's when I started to realize, okay, I have a responsibility to show that actually I'm not perfect. I do like some things that you that are non-toxic. I like going out to eat and um having the occasional fizzy drink or bubble tea or whatever whatever it is. Um and I think demonstrating that balance has been extremely cathartic for me as well because it means that I can relax a little bit I don't have to force myself to be perfect all of the time um yeah I think that was just yeah finding my own balance and seeing seeing that people really need to see that balance as well yeah I think that that you really touched upon something important is that people are are really straying for content creators that are relatable like people that they they can identify to because they need that comfort. We live in in really hard times, generally speaking, whatever the topic is. The the times are weird and 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 not the best. Social media shouldn't be a place where you feel anxious, right? When you go on social media, it's like you are going. You you've had a long day at work, or you've been work, like doing things. Like maybe you you've been cleaning all day. You just want to relax. And I I've always find it weird that now social media has become this source of anxiety for people when at first it should be just connecting with people and being inspired and motivated. And I love that we are seeing more and more people being so transparent and relatable. I remember um, when I started doing kind of really wanted to have a focus on sustainability. And I was like, I'm, I don't know if I'm just like I, I, the way I felt with faith, I was like, I don't know if I'm the right person to do this because everything I wear is not from like green brands and everything I eat is not organic. Pretty much everything you said, you know, and then I was like, you know, you're just human. 
um, you're doing with what you have, you're doing what you can with your own means. And that in itself, first, because you have good intentions, alhamdulillah, but also because people need to see that, then you don't need to put that pressure. You know, people are, I feel like people are usually, although social media can sometimes be <laughs> pretty reckless place um people generally speaking if they decided to follow you are going to be nice and understanding of of you sharing that it's okay if you you don't have your this perfect life um it made me think of a of a girl that uh i follow and that i really really love she's a french youtuber and um her life does look perfect, <laughs> to be completely honest. She has like this beautiful place. She has like, she just got engaged. She has a super healthy lifestyle. Like she seems to have it together. And one day she did a Q&A. And then uh, one of the of her subscribers said, I love you. I've been following you for years, but it feels like you have that perfect life. And I, I need to feel like I can relate to you in some ways. You motivate me, you inspire me, but it just... It it just seems weird that you you have it all together like this. And she said something that I thought was super honest. She said, honestly, you guys, I I don't I cannot complain. I'm not going to create problem if I don't have any. She is Christian and she is very close to her faith as well. And she was saying, that's why I always say that I'm very grateful for everything that I have. I did really appreciate that she was doing that because although it might like it might get some people envious, unfortunately, <laughs> she was still transparent. And I love that that transparency is becoming more and more common, whether it be to say, hey, I'm just like you, <laughs> I don't have it together, or I'm I don't have much to complain about and I'm really grateful for it. I love this. Yeah. I I think that it definitely speaks to our mindset as well. Focusing on gratitude is such a big part of Islam. Um and if you have yeah, I think the mindset piece is very important. Um even when you were talking about uh, body image issues that's something that I have dealt with certainly a lot in the past and um, I did seek therapy for that and I realized that I needed to change my thought patterns that made a huge difference in how I saw myself and um, how I allowed myself to take up space with my family with my friends at my workspace um, so yeah the mindset is very crucial I what you just said made me think of um of something I saw online once and that was a person saying that they've always struggled with their body image and that they would they would struggle to um eat healthily like they would mainly focus on fast food and it would bring her bring her that comfort that she needed but then she realized that that kind of food was like treating her body like trash and when she said that I, I I never got to that stage but there were definitely moments where I didn't eat healthily at all because like my weakness is chocolate and sometimes I would really indulge on chocolate and then I would feel guilty because it really didn't make me feel that good to eat that much chocolate um, and then I realized oh wow this is what many girls are going through and 
you know, when I was younger, I definitely had that thing where I was like, yeah, eating healthy is boring. Um, you just have to eat like plain vegetables and it's it's just not fun. And and then like the, the more I started to get interested in this, um, the more I realized that you can have so much fun with vegetables and, and nutritious foods and you generally see the difference on your mental health. Like the day I started to eat healthily and have fun with the way I was cooking vegetables and everything, or just having like a more balanced plate in general, like getting to know the importance of protein and things like this, I realized, wow, I feel so much better in my body. And although I had gained weight from PCOS, I felt so much more at peace this way than when I had less weight, but still didn't like my body, subhanAllah. And um, I think this is one thing that, um, you know, in Muslim cultures in general, I wouldn't say the food is super healthy. Like there's a lot of fried foods. There's a lot of, you know, and it's hard because you're like, I love those foods. And, and how do I find balance? But honestly, there's so many ways to cook healthily without breaking your bank because as you said it can be pretty expensive if you want to focus on organic foods and and all the things that make your life cleaner but there's there's so many other ways to find balance and and take care of yourself so you you are taking care of your health you are taking care of of your mind and you're taking care of your faith because as we said this is all a, this is all a circle i feel like i'm i'm hoping from this episode that everyone sees the link between those three aspects because it honestly became as you said like you you went through the same journey but once you realize that it it just really shapes the way you approach your health and how you want to take care of it um, one on the, another thing that I always think about is how when I was younger I used to avoid going to the doctors I was like no I don't need it I don't need it I don't need it and now when I feel like something is a little bit questionable or I'm not sure about I'm like hey you have a duty to take care of your, of your body and your health so this person is qualified and her job or his job is to give you the keys to heal so why are you not seeing him and that really changed my perspective on on health okay, we're getting towards the end of this episode i want to know what steps or techniques or like just general tips you would recommend to someone trying to have a more balanced and holistic approach to food what would be like your your main tips definitely look to people that you align with in terms of your values and see what's people rec what they can recommend and take a handful of things that make sense to you and you feel like you can truly implement in a sustainable and enjoyable way and start with those things um and i guess it's a, it's a difficult question because I think it depends on what that person is dealing with. Um, but I think, yeah, taking things very slowly, understanding how certain things affect the mind and the body um, when we educate ourselves and understand the effects of certain things, it's so much easier to implement them as long-term habits as opposed to just doing something for a short period of time to 
you know, for for an event or just to clear your skin. But these these changes have like lifelong positive effects, and so it comes down to you know the the wellness world will throw so many things at you. Um, buy this, buy that. It's a very consumer driven industry, yeah. And so I have found that there are a few fundamental things that we can focus on and that would be the basis to start with um so for example i like looking i like looking at food food is the main thing that we can all um have change because essentially all how our, our cells use and create energy is based on the raw materials that we give the body so the vitamins the minerals the proteins things like that so if those things are present in your in most of your meals then you're good so we look we're thinking about animal based proteins bioavailable proteins a variety of animal based proteins like eggs chicken beef um lamb seafood shellfish a variety of protein of proteins is very important the second thing that I would look out for on my plate would be digestive hydrates. So things like rice, um, potatoes, um, fruits, honey, um, sourdough bread. These are the sorts of carbohydrates that are easy for our body to di- digest and usable for energy production. And the last thing that is important on a plate is some fiber not too much but not too little um so things like well-cooked vegetables um antioxidants that come in fiber um beans chickpeas lentils i think these are the fundamentals that people can start focusing focusing on and building upon thereafter i hope that answers your question yeah definitely i one thing you mentioned was really educating ourselves because that's something you don't really learn at school like it's funny sometimes you like you don't learn at school the things you need in your adult life <laughs> i would have loved at school to know like all the like all the things that constitute our foods and what is the best way to build your plate and this is um something that we need to educate ourselves on And I know that's a process that I've been on as soon as I realized that actually there's no currently, sorry, there isn't a cure to endometriosis and I needed to find a way to deal with my symptoms in my daily life. And then when I started researching how to deal with PCOS and endometriosis, I realized that the core of all of this was inflammation and trying to find food that Uh, would allow, first of all, to recalibrate your uh, hormonal imbalance, but also decrease the inflammation that is going on. And as you said, there are some things that you, like categories that you should have in your pantry and work with. And you can go again, step by step. For example, things that I did was that I, my favorite meal of the day is breakfast. And I always used to have a sweet breakfast obviously as a lot of people in the in at least in France I'm not sure it's everywhere the same in Europe but I would say most European countries usually have sweet breakfast and for me at first it was really weird to make that change to have a savory breakfast and then I was like what are the things that I like that I can 
implement in that savory breakfast category and i started to do eggs which is a good source of protein i started to have spinach which is a good source of fiber and these things are now staple i always have them every week in my in my fridge and i know that if you have certain um certain food that you are your essentials then it already makes it easier um one thing that i we didn't mention is that um well, we did, we, we mentioned it quickly, but it goes with everything, including like a tip that you can implement in your daily life is to also look at the etiquette of eating in Islam. Obviously, again, you know, Islam frames everything. And when you take a look at the way uh, Prophet Muhammad وسلم, used to eat, the food that are mentioned in the Quran and everything, these are also things that you can use to uh, balance your lifestyle and your nutrition in your daily life. So I just thought I would I would mention it. But let's get into the question. The first question was, is it healthy to eat in small quantities rather than three meals throughout the day? That's a question that I thought was interesting because I always wonder why we decided that it was going to be three meals a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and not like less more meals throughout the day but maybe less mm. quantities i think it depends on what those meals are made up of um it does it include enough protein to um for for your energy expend expenditure your weight your height understanding how much protein you need is very important um does that meal include digestible carbohydrates or does it include more of the difficult to digest carbohydrates like um conventional breads and pastries and um things that are made from like more modern flowers as opposed to ancient grains i think that has a huge impact on um digestive function and gut health and digestibility um Again, going back to like what the, what does the ideal plate look like? So does it include any fiber, any sources of antioxidants? I think if those bases if those bases are covered, then yes, I don't see any issues with eating in small quantities rather than having three square meals a day. I can I eat like that. I cannot have a big plate of food three times a day. I get full very quickly, and so my plates tend to look much smaller. But I, the quantities, um, the frequency, I should say, in how how often I eat is much um, much more often. Yes, I feel like also some people that count calories would try to adapt based on their own preferences. So at the end of the day, if they have a certain uh, calorie target, it doesn't matter if they have three meals a day or if they do more meals but in smaller quantities because all that matters at the end is that they they reach that target so i hope that answers the the questions and that you can figure out what works best for you inshallah the second question was how to maintain a healthy diet and avoid junk food especially when you're a college going student and don't get a lunchbox for yourself um this is something also i tried to remember how it felt for me as a student and I would honestly say that I did not eat healthily at all especially at lunchtime I don't know about you <laughs> so my when I was thinking of, my answer was to prepare foods 
at home as often as you can. And I know it is easier said than done, but I remember being a student and I wasn't living at home. And uh, Alhamdulillah, I managed to cook a lot of meals at home. And one of the key, one of the main motivations for doing that was because um, I dealt with a lot of hormonal acne in my in my teens and early twenties and cooking foods at home, having some vegetables on a daily basis, even if it was just a small amount, it made such a huge difference to my skin. That was so that my skin it was a very vain vanity driven um motivation, but that is definitely something that helps me a lot. So I know it depends on the person's living situation, but if you do have space to make home cooked nourishing foods for me that would be the absolute priority you can even make it like an enjoyable thing by attending cooking classes um and making a whole event out of it with your family or your friends and just learning i think cooking at home is such an important an important skill um it does take time and planning and energy but i can guarantee a hundred percent that you will feel so much better for it yeah i definitely agree and i feel like also if you don't actually feel like doing this there are still there you can still rely on your discipline and be like okay i do have options to make my food healthy um it's easy to go to fast food because it's cheaper and i mean it's not actually even necessarily cheaper when you think about it like there are some vegetables that are or like things that you can do that end up cheaper than going to a fast food um but i think you you know having that discipline and be like yeah maybe everyone else is getting a burger and fries but if i really want to take care of my health and feel good inside so it comes out in, outside as well then um then i have to make that that sacrifice um The last question was, how do I manage sugar cravings? And as someone with PCOS, <laughs> I really would love to know the answer to that question from you. <laughs> so the first thing I would consider is to eat more. I, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but eating enough protein, eating more protein, because that is essential to feeling truly satiated. And I do think that when you do have... Uh, sugary cravings it is your body asking for energy and so I want it makes me wonder if you not just from a calorie wise but also from like uh, vitamins and minerals wise does your body have the raw materials it needs to produce energy because the reason our taste buds are designed to crave sugar is because we sugar provides us with glucose to create energy and so there is an, a potential energy deficiency when you have such sugar cravings um so yeah so protein would be the first thing that I would focus on and then if you still want a sweet snack it might be a good idea to look at your mineral levels so um doing a minerals test can be extremely useful um I I have started looking at HTMA um, tests. So this is a hair tissue mineral analysis test where you send a, a sample of your hair and the lab tests your mineral levels and having 
having sufficient minerals, balanced minerals, hugely impacts um, so many areas of our life from um, our ability to deal with stress, our thyroid hormones, our um, feeling feeling anxious, worried, um, feeling cold, these intense food cravings, irritability. It so much of it is to do with um, our mineral balance so that's something that I would consider as well um, and also again going back to the home-cooked side of things I think it's such a great idea to start making sweet snacks at home um, it makes a huge difference when you're using nourishing ingredients um, like hot chocolate or marshmallows or um, homemade brownies you can still enjoy those sweet sweet things but make it more nourishing um yeah i've got i've got some great recipes on my instagram and i save a lot of recipes on my pinterest as well i think pinterest is such a great resource for looking for exploring it really is yeah um i think there's also kind of a myth around sugar or i should say carbs in general like a lot of people feel like i i have to cut them off completely and and so I have to restrict on all those things. Um, and one thing I realized with sugar cravings was that sometimes also it's just you needing water, first of all. Like sometimes you just need to grab a huge glass of water. I'm guilty of not drinking enough. I'm like, I didn't used to be like this when I was at university. But ever since I started working from home, I, I just forget. And I make that conscious effort to drink. And if I feel like that sugar craving, like coming i'm just like okay what are my options i'm going to drink first <laughs> and then there are ways indeed to not fall into that um oh i'm going to grab like a a chocolate bar or something um you can also i think if like me you struggle with insulin resistance you can like try to find tricks for example you can have like dates but pair it, like dates are very sweet but you can pair it with a peanut butter or things like this that uh, I think it just you would you would explain this better than me. I think <laughs> <laughs> you're putting me on the spot, um, but yeah, definitely pairing sweet foods with proteins it slows down the release of the sugar into the bloodstream, so you don't experience that insulin. Um, sorry, not insulin. That blood sugar spike, and yeah, wouldn't experience the blood sugar lows either. This imbalance does contribute towards that um sugar those sugar cravings as well um and yeah with dates you have the fiber as well fiber slows down the release of sugar into your bloodstream so it's like you are supporting your blood sugar you're supporting your hormones and you are satisfying your sweet cravings all at once yes it's like you know as you will get from the theme of this episode but just my work in general or the podcast in general uh it's honestly about balance i don't feel like you need to restrict yourself completely on like i'm not gonna have brownies anymore in my life because i need to lose weight or i need to manage that uh my hormonal imbalance and everything you know you don't need to restrict yourself that much because i think again that would impact your mental health that would impact your faith that's a vicious circle it's just about balance and i think you know it's Again, we like the reason why we repeat ourselves on certain tips is I think because they are that important. But it's 
it's okay to go slowly, slowly and to be kind with yourself because God knows that implementing a new habit is hard, but losing one, one is very easy. <laughs> so it's better to go slow and make sure that habit stays rather than forcing yourself and then completely giving it up. Um, and I think that starting with implementing those little tricks like for example um switching for snacks that are have like good nutrients or like you said for example sourdough i know personally i live in france we are the country of baguettes and <laughs> there wasn't a day in my life where i hadn't had a, a baguette at home but i when i realized that sourdough was a better option i started to implement it more and more and now i do prefer sourdough than baguettes. That's crazy. I never thought I would say that, but there you go. So sometimes you might also have a good surprise. You might think, oh yeah, eating healthily is not, it's not fun, but it can really be fun. And if it's not that fun, at least, at least it's still making you feel good about yourself. It makes you feel good about like, it makes like both from a physical perspective and a mental health perspective, but also in your faith. Because again, if we go back to intention, that's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants. One of the main things of the etiquette of eating in Islam is that you're, when you're eating, your stomach should be one-third full of water, one-third full of food, and one-third full of air. That is to say, you shouldn't eat in excess. And generally speaking, excess in Islam is not good. And when you get into this, you realize, okay, I really, really need to be more mindful with uh, the way I I approach nutrition and um, and and take care of of my health in general. So I think we got through all the questions. Um, that was such a lovely episode to record. Thank you so much, Asia, for joining me. I hope you enjoyed it as well. I definitely did. Thank you so much, Asia, for having me. Jazakallah uh, khair. I really enjoyed this conversation. I hope we got to all the points that you guys wanted to know more about. Um, obviously, the subject, as all the, the subjects that we're covering in the podcast are very broad and there's so much to to tackle. And you, you we could talk about this for a, like much, much longer, but I hope we got to the main points. If you have any questions, obviously you can message us. Please, please, please follow Ashia on her Instagram account. You are going to love it as much as I do. I'm sure I save a lot of her posts. I find them so well written and well explained. You are going to learn things. That's something, you know, if we want to push it that far. In Islam, knowledge is important. So make sure to keep learning and, and enriching your knowledge about not just our deen, but even things like sciences and everything, you know, they're not disconnected. Allah wants us to learn and keep learning about things that allow us to involve in this, in this life. And well, in that case, it allows us as well to take care of our health and, and take care of this beautiful emana that our bodies are. So uh, make sure to follow Ashia. Thank you so much once again for listening to today's episode. If you have any questions, if you want to follow Ashia on Instagram. I will leave all her details in the podcast description. And um, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. And I'll see you in the next one, inshallah.
ستعود جميلة تلك الأيام نملوها حبا عطفا وأمان وتعود الأرض لحالها لجمالها وتشفى الجرار